what's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the Technology news talk and this is the dynamite review show and this week for dynamite we have fighter fest uh week one so and then we have a uh, week two next week but uh week one started off uh, with a pretty with a pretty good dynamite show let's hope uh, that rampage can, can do the same thing uh tomorrow night on friday but um let also before we go into um uh, talk about dynamite this way. Let's walk our, our co-host with the most, uh, Mr. Lillian Bedford. What's up, bro? What is good, everybody? Yo, last night episode was pretty hype. Fighter Fest is always hype, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. We had some big things happen on yesterday's episode of Dynamite. So, yeah, man, glad to be here. Oh yeah, absolutely. We had uh, uh two title matches uh the, tonight that started out the uh. Where one title match um start out the show with the TNT championship match with Warlow defending against uh Orange Cassidy. Now Orange Cassidy got um the TNT title match tonight with his victory over Ethan Page. I think it was back on uh, uh back on Rampage. I think it was one of the one of the two. Um yeah, so that's how Orange Cassidy uh got his title match tonight. I don't know. Uh I don't I don't know if he was in the top five or not, but um but uh, he got the title match tonight, and um, so in the first half, it was just all comedy as it is. But uh, it was pretty, it was pretty fun as, as it is. So um, Orange tries to do the hands in the pocket thing, but like Warlow, like uh uh-uh, uh, hands up, take it out, and then he take and he ripped the pockets out of his out of his jeans, and then when Warlow take down his straps. Orange say that uh uh-uh, uh let's put the straps back on there, buddy. And then um yeah, and then during the match, Chuck Taylor uh, Chuck Chuck and Taylor, the, the best friends, earlier mentioned that, that they finally got their manager's license. They tried to cheat, they even pulled out um a chainsaw. Got me thinking, <laughs> is Terry Funk in the building tonight? <laughs> right. And then uh they got ejected for, for, for the match for trying to cheat. And then um, Warlow went under the ring and grabbed Dan Helsley under the ring. He tried to curse him, but Dan Helsley thought twice. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to do it because this guy is going to kill me. And then, uh, um, and they just left. And then once all the comedy stuff was out of the way, then we got a, a good solid match between well, Warlow and, um, and Orange Cassidy there. Yeah, I think this match overall was really good. I didn't know what to expect from it because, you know, Warlord is a monster and Orange Cassidy has his his style. But I think they did a really good job telling the story of this bigger man versus this, you know, kind of clever wrestler. You know, he's not the biggest, but he certainly is the most craftiest. So, like, like Orange Cassidy using anything to his disposal, pushing, you know, Warlow into the corner and into the turnbuckles and into the you know the pole and and doing everything he can to keep out of the way of this 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 uh this um uh power bomb you know making sure he's not a part of the symphony as much as he can also Wardlow doing a really good job showing his athleticism doing the cartwheel out of the hurricane run in the in the beginning of the match um but they made you feel like Orange Cassidy had a shot by doing like not these big moves but just being clever so just constantly pushing Wardlow into the ringside pole 
pushing Warlow into the turnbuckle and then trying to hit some big moves where he could. And the crowd was really behind Orange Cassidy. Um, I think everyone likes a good underdog story, but everyone knew that Warlow was kind of going to be on top. But for a moment, there was a lot of Orange Cassidy support. I mean, he hit a couple of orange, uh, uh, he hit the orange break. I mean, he, and Warlow let him take him off his feet and he hit the orange break in the middle of the ring after an orange punch. I mean, that was everything Orange Cassidy had to throw at Warlow. And it was an interesting moment where Warlow hit a F10 um, and Cassidy kicked out from it. It was a poor uh, cover and Cassidy kicked out from it. I thought that was going to be the end of the match right there. Um, I forgot that Warlow used to do an F10 um, as his finisher, throw the guys high in the air and everything. But overall, his power bomb is his main finisher. And Orange Cassidy went for a orange punch, got caught, laid out, one, two, three, Warlow champion. And I think everyone is still excited to have Warlow as their TNT champion at the end of the day. But really good match. Wasn't expect this match to be as good as it was. And I think that's also every every Orange Cassidy match. You don't expect it to be as good as it is. And he always goes out there and puts in, you know, hard work and being clever. A uh, really funny moment. I don't know if you catch, caught it because it was in the, the double screen, but it was a really funny moment after Orange Cassidy was pinned. Wardlow was standing there, had his hand raised. Um, Orange Cassidy, out of nowhere, when the match was over, kicked out. If you go back and watch the replay and look at the live camera, he did a kick out, even though no one was covering, but it just shows that, he was kind of knocked out for a moment, and then he woke up and he kicked out. So I thought it was a really funny moment for Morris Cassidy. Uh, but Wardlow gave him his respect, but Wardlow walked off the ramp, holding that TNT champion. He looks good with gold around him. So this match was a great way to kick off uh, Fighter Fest. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can't, guys, you can't sleep on Morris Cassidy because uh, everybody's saying, oh, he's going to have a bad match with Will Ospreay and Fibendor. And look what they did. They put out a fire. One of the great, yeah. one of the best matches of the night. Exactly. But people were sleeping on that match. And um, Orange Cassidy had a good chance of winning the TNT title, title match tonight. But, but but like we said, it's Warlow's time. He's at, he's not giving out that championship anytime soon. He's probably going to hold on for like maybe a couple of months, maybe a year. And then once he's done um, filling uh, his duties as TNT champion, then He's going to move on to the world title picture. So, and um, uh, for the first half was all comedy, but then um, in the second half, it was just uh, pure wrestling as it, uh, as it should be. So um, we do, uh, I knew uh, Warlow was, uh, wasn't going to lose that belt, but um, so this was a pretty good first uh, TNT title defense to, uh, to start out Warlow's uh, reign as, uh, as champion. So like, it, uh, so like everything we mentioned, absolutely. Yeah, so like everything, in it, so it's pretty much there's there's a lot of respect, but between the two, but um, I think it's time to focus on Warlow getting more competition as TNT champion. Definitely, who's next for Warlow? You know, who's going to be that main contender to go over Warlow? Yeah, absolutely. So um. Uh, so after that match, uh, we had a recap of uh, Pac defending his All-Atlantic Championship in Japan against uh, 
against Shota Amato at, at Revu Pro. That was a recap. So uh, uh, Pat uh, retained. So um, I think uh, what they're doing with the All Atlantic Championship that uh, they're going to take it um, around the world, not just at AEW. So I see what uh, what they're going with with there. So I see what they're going. Yo, and I really dig like being able to see champions on different promotions. It makes it feel like it makes you feel more gritty. It makes you feel like throwback wrestling, retro wrestling, where the champion would go to different promotions, you know, to show off the belt and to fight their top guy there. Makes AEW uh, really hit along with their core audience, which is those hardcore wrestling fans. And usually hardcore wrestling fans are the ones going to these indie shows to support their professional you know, pro wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, because we're gonna be talking about um later on to later on today on a respect the combat podcast, like uh why AEW is the place for professional wrestler and WWE is more for the sports entertainer and the celebrities. We're gonna explain that later on today. But um, uh, moving on from from sports entertainer to the the leader of the JNS, uh, uh Chris Jericho, he came out and uh, he came out alone. But it was pretty uh, interesting um, to do a promo. He says he stands in front of the crowd tonight, not as Chris, just Chris Jericho, the, the man himself, but Chris Jericho as the living legend, as Eddie Kingston, as Eddie Kingston's superior. Jericho brought up Kingston's friendships, uh, how they associated with Kingston, and always seemed to, to the end of disaster, especially with Ruby Soho last week. Now, as far as the barbed wire depth match, Kingston may have marked uh, Ota and Sabu and Funk, but Jericho was the one who won the first ever Canadian barbed wire match at 22, at 22 years old. Jericho, people think, Jer- Jericho thinks people ultimated him because his match of a customer and his movie star good looks. Next week, you won't be able to estimate Chris Jericho because you will be facing the pain maker. Jericho said that this will be the final fight in the Jericho Kingston saga. And when it's all over, Kingston can crawl back to the hole of addiction and depression. He will never be at Jericho's level. The only thing that will wash away Jericho's sins is his massive wave of blood. You are not a liar. You are a loser. So next week, the painmaker is coming back. Now, the last time. We saw the paymaker is when Jericho was in a few with uh, with MJF and they had to do the five labors of Jericho, you know, with the pizza cutter thing that happened at the time. Yeah, you know what happened. So um, and now they're going on that paymaker is undefeated, but he only had one match as the paymaker in AEW. We only seen the paymaker in um at uh at New J- at New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. That's the only time uh, we we seen the paymaker. We only seen the paymaker once in AEW. But um, I like the what the direction they're going because like we don't want to see Keaton and Jericho as a regular. That's a the, that, that's already been done for the last couple of months. I'm glad they they went something different for their upcoming barbed wire death match to, to make it more interesting. So um, I just can't wait for that next week for week two of Fighter Fest. 
Oh, yeah, and these guys are doing a great job putting this uh, match over, you know. We talked about it last week, that the whole Shark Cage thing, those little Vince russo But we know that Warner is trying to incorporate Shark Week. And look at us. We're talking about Shark Week now because of this, this Shark Cage whole gimmick they're going to be doing. But give it up to Jericho, who has... Um, who at, at 50 doesn't need to be doing a barbed wire cage match, but is doing a barbed wire match. So, so give it up to them for, um, you know, trying to just match out. I mean, Kingston doesn't need to do this either, but I think it's going to be an entertaining match. Kingston's uh, promo was really good, and Jericho's promo was really good. But these guys, we already know they're going to do great on the mat, great, great on the mic. So there's no question there. Looking forward to this match and seeing how bloody is it going to get. Yeah, and speaking of uh, promo, Kingston said backstage when he was with Ortiz and Ruby Soil, he pointed out how he heard, how Jericho hurt and the, and the JSS hurt them. So, and then he said he wants the most violent version of Jericho out there for next week. So, uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. So, um, so after that, uh, we regal joining commentary for the next match is the interim AEW World Championship Eliminator match. With John Mossy and uh, Takanta, uh, <clears throat> and yeah, this was another. Uh, this was this was a great uh, showing for um for for Kenta because you have a lot you have a lot of stars um, out whether it's an injury or just a, on a military leave. So um this great this gives a, a, a opportunity for the for those. Who don't be on TV a lot to showcase uh, to see about the, what they could do. And if you put out a great performance on TV, they might keep you there. And Keta um, uh, is one of them, and he had a great outing against uh, John Moxley tonight. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, last night. Oh, one hundred percent. This guy is incredible. I mean, he's really becoming like, like you know how like Willer Yuta was just had a crowd behind him and he just got the crowd support. Is it Kanosku is his name? How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, uh, Contessa, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, like, like, he's just one of those guys who don't need to cut a promo. He goes out into the ring. You know he's a pro. You believe he's a pro. He put in a lot of heart. He put in a lot of effort into this match. John Moxley, you, I mean, I think it's, I've never been in the ring a day in my life, and I would never want to get in a ring with John Moxley because he just looks like a very aggressive uh, wrestler. He doesn't, you know, it looks like he hits hard. It looks like, you know, he's safe, but it looks like you're not going to be walking in the back just normal after fighting Mox. So this kid really went out there. I mean, he's 26. He's been wrestling for 10 years, had his first match at 16. I mean, what were you doing at 16, Trico? It wasn't wrestling. You know, this guy was doing it, you know, and for the fact that he has 10 years experience already under his belt, it shows in the ring. He's just a, a super professional, but the crowd is getting behind him just like they got behind Will or Yuta. And I think that's one of the things I like about AEW is that the guys who really put in the work in the ring has a chance to get over with the audience. And it doesn't always have to be this gimmick. It doesn't always have to be this, 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 this good promo guy. You can be a really good technical wrestler and still get over with the AEW crowd. 
And this is another example. He's another rising star in AEW because of his work ethic. Yeah, absolutely. This was a definitely physical match. So, um, and uh, even Degasso was was uh, butted over uh, during the match. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. So in the final moments, uh, Tekesa started a comeback with his signature lead clothesline, straight drop brainbuster from together, and got the two. Masi got his knees up for a frost from the from a frost splash, and Kratos Tekesa up for the two before applying the real naked choke. He transitions into a cross armbar, forcing Tekesa to roll up and force a break. The te- Tetsa um sent Mozzie to the floor with a hurt karate and follow up with a great top Giardo uh, back inside. The frost press followed for a near fall. Mozzie went for the sleeper, but to get to turned into a blue thunder bomb and then classed it with a double a double pin for a near fall. Mozzie blocked the jumping knee, spite um Tekesha with a paradigm shift. He wanted the death fighter, but Tekesha flipped out of it. And hit a German German suplex bridge for a great near fall. Mossy fought out of the straight jacket German and hit the Death Rider, hammer and nails, elbows, following the bulldog choke that gave Mossy for the win for the submission for the submission. What a heck of a match, man. These guys, it just it was a really good physical match. And you know, matter of fact, I had a couple of people over while I was watching uh Dynamite last night, and it was one of those matches where everyone was just watching it you know everyone bought into it and the, the people I had over they don't they don't watch wrestling normally you know so it was one of those matches that you could show someone who don't normally watch and they were very entertained with what was happening on on the screen um they you know they they asked questions they wanted to know more about the wrestlers they wanted to know more about the story they wanted to know more because the guys were just giving their all in this match and they were beating the heck out of each other yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And um, I wonder if um, Takesa will be in the Blackpool Combat Cup. Like he definitely uh, should show out tonight. But um, it's just a matter of time that uh, they probably gonna get more. I don't know. if They are gonna get more members of the Blackpool Combat Cup to, to, to try to uh, fill in the, the gaps. But but I know Claudio is filling in the gaps for for Brian Daniels until he comes back. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's always room to grow, right? I think, like I said, I think the the combat club is going to be like the bullet club. Like, they're not going to just go away with the members that's in the, you know, in there currently. I think there's going to be different elevations and different layers to uh, the combat club. So it's always good to see what those young prospects are going to bring to that, to that, uh, to that club. I think it's, I'm excited to see what keeps happening um with the evolution of it yeah uh yep and um we got an announcement folks for all out real real quick trico where they announced the trios title what do you think about the bucks and omega versus mox danielson and claudio like i said when when kenny omega comes back that's when we'll introduce the trio trials and uh uh and omega and the butt's going to be the first champions watch watch yeah most likely, most likely, but man, the, the possibilities they have. Um, I mean, think about Death Triangle versus Combat Club versus uh, the the, um, the Super Elite. Yeah, they have a lot of trios. They just had, uh, yeah. it, it's just a matter of when they're going to be announced. But like I said, yeah, we, we, 
But like I said, when Kenny Omega comes back, that's when the trio title is going to be introduced. So like I said. Yep, yep. But uh, we got a but uh, we got an announcement for All Out. It's returning to Chicago, but uh, uh, but this year it's going to be at the the Now Arena for um for not only uh All Out on since uh, on Labor Day weekend, but also for that uh Dynamite and Rampage for 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 that uh for for that week. So starting from Wednesday, August thirty first, all the way through Sunday, September fourth, for that uh, Labor Day week. Uh, I think Chicago is like one of the best wrestling cities out there. So happy that AEW has have their flag. I mean, WWE has disappointed that city um, so many times with their product, and AEW came in at the right time to say, "Hey guys, we got you." And they planted their flag in Chicago, and I think Chicago is just the town for it. All their big events they do at Chicago because they know Chicago is going to turn up and show out for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So um, they, they they definitely had an outing with um with a, with a Forbidden Door at the uh, at the United Center. Now they're going to the uh the, to the Now Arena for uh and um all out. I think uh, every time. Uh, they do an all-out pay-per-view. I think Chicago is going to be the um, the uh, the home for all-out for every year. I think that's going to be always going to be the home for for all-out. But it's right I mean, there, in Chicago. That's going to be the now home. that now that Khan owns it officially, owns all-out officially. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from all-out needs to be their uh, their WrestleMania. I know, like double or nothing right now is kind of like their their big one. Um, I think All Out is the original, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, between All Out and Double or Nothing, uh, uh, it's just a uh, matter of fact. We don't know which one. It, it could be either All Out or Double or Nothing. They never mentioned. It. I know um, Double or Nothing was their first pay per view ever sh- ever show when they first started, but then like All Out was, was kind of like the big thing. So um, I don't know. Yeah, All Out was like the test. All Out was like their first, their, um, oh, is that All In I'm thinking about? Yeah, I'm thinking about All In. Is that the right one? What was the first one they did, like, before AEW was official? Double or Nothing. That was their first one? Not Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing was the one they did afterwards. Um, and I had like the whole casino thing, but the one they did uh, before they were AEW, this is the one that they did like when Tony Khan was like, oh, this is viable and made it a whole thing. Maybe it was all in. Maybe I'm confused right now. Yeah, all in. I'm sorry. All in was the 2018 pay-per-view that Bullet Club put together. And that's what made it, you know, a possibility um, to make AEW a thing. So that's the one I was talking about. So All Out, yeah, that's the one they, All Out is the one they did after when Ring of Honor was owning the name to All In. So uh, now that they got All Out coming back, I wonder if they're going to bring All In back or is just going to keep All Out as the big one. But Tony Khan owns Ring of Honor now, so he can do whatever he wants. But I think All Out can be their big pay-per-view. I know Double or Nothing is like the, the big one, but uh, now that Tony Khan owns that that copyright to that, I think it's a good opportunity to make that back a thing. Yeah, because um, I think, uh, yeah, like I said before, All Out is going to be a, a Chicago exclusive, and then uh, Double or Nothing can be that Vegas uh, exclusive. 
So um, yeah, uh, a different uh, different two sides in that. But um, yeah, we all excited for all out, and then um, cause uh, uh Labor Labor Day week is gonna be a busy gonna be a busy weekend. Not only you got all out, and then you got the freaking um class of the cats. So that that, that WWE is doing. So Labor Day weekend is gonna be a busy weekend. Labor Day week gonna be a busy. Weekend. That's always good for a lot of wrestling. So um, we got a Christian Cage uh pro- promo before um Luchasaurus uh had a match with um with Griff Garrison and then um so in the promo they put up the uh they put up a picture with Griff Garrison doing a jungle boy cosplay um uh, before the match started and um so yeah and they're, they're, even in the promo Christian uh brought up um Brian Pillman's of uh, uh, father uh, the original um uh, Jorge, uh um Brian Pillman the loose cannon. The loose cannon. Yeah, how great is this evil Luchasaurus getting though? Oh my god, they they make it look, look uh, let me let, let me tell you let me tell you something. When Jungle Boy comes back, they go they probably gonna do an angle like you need to beat uh uh Luchasaurus before you get a match with before you get a match with me, which is uh Christian Cage. And that's where the that's where the story is gonna lie in when Jungle Boy comes back. That's yeah. Now it's so different. It's so weird to think about um, Jungle Boy as a singles competitor, which I know he's done a lot of single matches, but he always had that backup of Luchasaurus there. Um, so seeing like Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy is gonna be heartbreaking to see. But I definitely want to see Jungle Boy get his hands on Christian Cage for everything that he's been doing. Yeah, that's why they they're gonna lead into when Jungle Boy comes back and like if you want to match with Christian Cage, then you gotta be uh, you gotta be Luchasaurus. So I think that's where they're, uh, they're gonna head at when Jungle Boy comes back. But um, uh, we'll see what's gonna happen there. But um, so yeah, we got uh, Luchasaurus versus Good Garrison, pretty a uh, squash match. So. It was just a choke slam and then the uh the snare trap for the for the squash win. That's all it was. But um after the match, Lucasaurus uh choke slam Grissom and Pillman through the through the announce table. I was so happy he didn't leave after the table didn't break. And my, I was screaming at the TV one more time, break that table. Please don't leave with the table not being broken. He picked him up, put him through the table, and it was so satisfying. Good to see Varsity Blondes getting some TV time. I think they're on a utilized team. I think Pillman needs to go solo. Griff, I think you're a good guy, but I don't think you got what it takes right now. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, just my personal opinion. I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Garrison. Uh, I think, I don't know. There's just something not clicking, but he's very young still. Um, but Pillman... I think he's. Uh, I think he needs to go solo. Um, what if Pillman joins Christian Cage? Wow, that'd be something. That'd be a new little trio. But um, yeah, I think Pillman needs to go solo. Griff needs to kind of go find his way, find what he wants to do, find a voice, find a personality, find a gimmick, find a character, find something. Um, but he's just not exciting to me, and I think Pillman inherently has it already. Hmm. But uh. Let's see what uh what, so, what sorry to put so, sorry to uh 
sorry to throw uh, Griff under the bus just now <laughs> for no reason, but uh, I think it was a, 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 an exciting segment uh, for, for Luchasaurus. I'm digging the evil Luchasaurus. Yeah, because uh, well, we said that uh, he's like the uh, the 98 slash uh, 2001 king. Facts. He got the organ music now. He got the fire and brimstone music. I mean, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we had two promos uh, after the match. First off, with the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage, and um, they asked about the Shark Cage uh, next week, and then they didn't get uh, what is that all that was about. And uh, Garcia said he understood why he's in the cage. He's dangerous. He also uh, tired of Yuta doing a cheap uh, garrison imitation, and he will take uh, – the ROH pure title at death before dishonor. So um, the as you guys already know, Willie Utah will be facing uh, Daniel Garcia at the ROH death uh, dishonor pay-per-view next weekend. So uh, that's definitely going to be a banger uh, for that match. And then um, after that promo, Heyman Adam Page were backstage, asked about being eliminated in the Battle Royal a couple of weeks ago. Um, Dark Waters, John Silva, and Alice Array came up and said they were mad and they challenged uh, the House of Blacks to a trios match for tomorrow night on Rampage. For tomorrow That's interesting. <laughs> That's uh, a big challenge. That's a big challenge for for them. I mean, John Silver, yeah, uh, he even went toe-to-toe with CM Punk. So... I mean, don't get me wrong. Johnny's hungry. So, I like John Silver. But for Paige to go against Malachi and Brody and Armageddon, oh I mean, just the House of Black is just too, 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 uh, too dominating, you know, for, for this new trio of, um, I mean, they're doing new stuff with Dark Order because Dark Order's kind of dissembled a little bit, which if you guys listen to the show, you know I'm cool with, Five being going to bring back Stu, hopefully. Um, but they got to new, new, do new things for the Dark World to keep them going. Um, but to go against the House of Black, I don't know. That's a tough order, man. That's like just a job waiting to happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, and it, it's going to be very interesting tomorrow night on Rampage. But um, William Rigo joins back on commentary for Claudio versus Jake Hager. This is just a, a, a case of scenario of former good fans but better enemies. So um, if you guys uh, know why I said good friends before, check out when it was a, a tag team in, in WWE for when they would say, we the people. We the people. Not the we the people. <laughs> yeah, in case y'all, uh, y'all don't remember that, uh, go, go check your history. But um, um, after the, the, uh, the, the commercial break, um, Claudio landed a springboard uppercut to commence a comeback. He landed in multiple running uppercuts before a drop uh, before a drop kick sent Hager to the floor, where he hit another running uppercut and a diving crossbody from Claudio and got the two. Claudio gave Hager a giant swing and then locked in the sharpshooter that had Hager beaten, but Hager singled for 2.0 to run down and distracted the official. The distraction was enough to allow Hager hit a big U and I for a near fall. 
Hager went for the ankle lock, but Claudio countered it with a big bat suplex. He went for another sharpshooter, but 2.0 hopped in the apron. So Claudio took them out, and then Claudio hit a pop up uppercut, and then Riga bomb the the for 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 the win. So uh, hmm. What do you think about this match? This was this was a pretty good idea, but like, I thought we were done with the uh, freaking Black Boot Comic Con from um, uh, from from Blood of Guts. It felt like this thing is still it, it's still continuing. Like, um, uh, let's hope the de- the barbed death match it, it will be the uh, the the uh, will be the end next week. Let's hope that's going to be well. I mean, Claudio is new here, so he's a big guy. I see. Like you mentioned earlier, we had Jericho come out to the ring by himself. Um, also, Claudio hit a 619 in this, in this match, which is hilarious. Um, we had uh, Jericho come out by himself, but after the JAS. We had the JAS do their own promo, and we had Hager come out by himself until they had interest later. So it was just keeping those other guys just involved with the story. And it's a new opportunity to tell stories to Claudio, you know? So if the JAS do want to jump in on them, they can right now while they get the whole Blackpool Combat Club back, you know, in order for it. So, um, I mean, they got to do something with these guys. Me personally, I still don't know the name of the guys who were the original 2.0. I still don't know their names. Like McGilly, McCutty, something like that. I still don't know their names. And they're very forgettable. The only stars of the JAS is Jericho, Hager, Sammy, if he's an official part of it now, and uh, Garcia. The other two guys, they can leave tomorrow, and I would never notice they were gone. So they need something to do uh, with these two guys. Um, and I guess having them come out cause distraction didn't even work. Didn't even really came out there for nothing. Didn't even work. So they got a paycheck. They can go home and see their family another week. Um, but they need something for those guys to do, so I guess this is it. I don't know, but um, let's see what happens uh, next week. Let's see if the uh, if Kingston and Jericho can end this uh, end this rivalry for for good, so we ain't have to worry about this uh, no more. But uh, other than that, uh, Claudio and Hager definitely a, a good physical match between the two. So um, so uh, after the match, Hook was backstage. And as if he was going for a championship uh, contender chase, not considering the fact he was undefeated, and he just walked away. Now, I think it's too early for for Hood to to even think about going for a championship like the TAT championship or a world title right now. But let hear, hear me out. If he was gonna go for a cha- if he's gonna go for a championship right now, I say go after Ricky Starts and that FTW championship. But like like. What is Ricky Starr doing with the title? He's just prancing around. He's not even uh, defending enough. So I would say let Hook go after the FTW title so he can build out the legacy like, like his father did. I can see how that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, give it to Hook. Uh, why not? Um, Hook has that attitude of FTW. You know, he has that attitude. I am getting over the whole not speaking gimmick. I'm getting over it. I need to see some elevation with this character, some evolution, some next levels to it. 
If we're not doing that, stop putting him on the TV. I think it doesn't put him in the best of light. I think it's just getting a little old at this point. And it's just a waste of time. You know, you, we, we could be telling somebody else's story than Hook just not talking. I don't think that puts him in the best of light. Um, so for me personally, it's killing it. It's killing the momentum of Hook by having him just go out there and not say nothing. Um, so either give him a mic and let him talk or don't put the camera on him until he's ready to talk or put him back up with Dan Housen or give him a mouthpiece. Uh, that's as simple as it is. But the whole question, walk away thing, I'm over it now. They need to go to do something else. Well, uh, like, uh, but like we mentioned, Hook, he's a man of few words. He had his words do the talking in the ring. Yeah, Hook Stokely up with him or give him somebody to be a mouthpiece for him. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm just, you know, you know, give him a Paul Le- uh, um, I said Paul Lester. <laughs> A Paul Heyman type of guy. Is there any Paul Heyman type of guys out there in the Indies that can come be Hook's manager? Uh, please apply as soon as possible because they need something to do with this guy in his promos. I don't know, but um, we got a video package recapping uh, Mia uh, Yevsenta a victory over Thunder Rosa in Japan. So our um, Thunderstorm uh, uh, Rosa and Tony Storm were backstage. She said Yerta has earned a title match, but in the meantime, Thunderstorm is ready to take on anyone. But um, Britt Baker returned to TV tonight with Jamie Hager and wa- uh, walked up. Britt said AEW was a disaster without her, and Rebel came up with a sandbag referencing the sandbagging rumors uh, regarding Rosa. I think this was a reference from uh, from, from the Marina Shafir uh, uh, nonsense. So. Um, I don't get well, what was the meaning of the sandbagging, so I don't get it. But um, what do you think? I don't get it. Um, you know, I like DMD. I like. Um, I'm glad to see them back on TV. Don't get me wrong; she looks great. Uh, but I also am ready for new stories to be told and new characters and new women to come out there. Where is Athena? Um, really mad about that. Like, let's get Athena back on TV. Why is she not on TV right now? Um, that is easily a match waiting to happen with Athena and Thunder Rosa. You know, if they're not ready to put Jade off yet, then put her with Thunder. Then that'd be a great match between the two ladies. So, where is Athena right now? Um, so I, I like DMD, but I, I, I'm also I'm also ready for new women to tell new stories. Yeah, but Dina already has a hands full with uh, with Jay, and also uh, Adina's uh, um, partner in crime, Chris Stander. Chris Stander also got a problem with Jay, so uh, they stuck between these situations. So, like I said, so um, that either going to combine uh, either at um, Battle of the Belts or the Battle of the Lake uh, show that's happening um in august so um that's what that's what that's what's going on right now but um as far as uh another women actually uh going on is um serena d versus um for versus anna j so um uh, after the break uh jay came back with a running takeovers and a suplex for the two she wanted the queen slayer 
But did D caught Jay in a European uh, clutch for a near fall? D spun Jay and almost went for the D tops, but Jay fought out of it. D locked the locked in a wacky submission, almost got a leg. Uh, Nelson forcing Jay to escape. Jay hit the low wheel kick, but D cut her off with a dragon screw. Jay surprised uh, D with a queen slayer for a nice a little. Dramatic moment, but D was able to stand up out of it and apply the serenity a lot for the win. After the match, D will let go of the hold. So Mercedes Martinez ran out, tore, uh, torn her off, and uh, it is official. They will face off at, uh, for the RH Women's Championship at depth, at depth before dishonor. I like that. I like, I like, I like this match um, yesterday. I think this was a really good match. Um, with with Dave and Anna Jay, even though she 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 lost in front of her family and hometown, I was sitting here watching that with um, some friends, and they were rooting for Anna, and I was rooting for Serena because she is the more experienced technical wrestler, and I like uh, I like Serena Deeb a lot. Really good storytelling in the match. I think, um, like I said, just sitting here with people who don't watch wrestling, they were able to relate to Anna Jay. They're in her hometown and. They told a good story uh, inside the ring, um, but Deep is that chick, man. Deep is uh, top notch. You know, she's like the she's the bread heart of the woman division at the moment. Yeah, so um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to to, to that match, uh, Serena D Mercedes Martinez. So um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, definitely gonna be a hard hitting um that uh, matchup, but um. Yeah, at the at the words, um, we got Jay Cargos, St- Stokely Hathaway, and the baddies were backstage. Jay said they weren't afraid of Athena or Chris Stanlander. They marked uh, later Gray for being an interim baddie. Stokely cooled cool them off, and then said they'll be watching Stanlander and Athena on Rampage. Uh, Kiara said, "Logan, you will never be a baddie." So, um. Definitely uh, ascension between the uh, the baddies right now. It's just a matter of how Layla Gray's loyalty in the baddies will be. Yeah, I mean, this is a nice little story. Again, where's Athena? You paid this money for Athena, put Athena on TV. Um, you know, why aren't they a part of this story? I'm not sure why not, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, always good to see Jade. Um, um, anytime Jade is on, I tell everyone in the house to be quiet. I turn my TV up louder because I like Jade Cargo. <laughs> so um, after that, um, we got a lineup for um, uh, Rampage uh, this Friday. So um, uh, we got the uh, Lucha Bros versus Private Party. The Gun Club will, will, will speak up on their actions. And then we got the RH War Championship match between Jonathan Gresham and Leah Morinardi. And then for Dynamite next week, uh, we got Brody King versus Darby Allen, Christian Cage and Lucasaurus versus the Varsity Blondes. And then the uh, Bar Wire Everywhere uh, Death match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho as the Painmaker with JAX expanded in, uh, in the Shark Cage. 
And then the uh the RH uh depth before this other uh lineup, we got the uh RH women's world championship match we between Mercedes Martinez and Serena D. Uh, the RH championship match with Willie Yuta versus Daniel Garcia, and then FTR versus the Brits goes two for the for the World Tag Team Championships, and then the uh, uh World Tele Television Championship with Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. So after that, Jay Lethal and, the, and his crew came out of commentary desk said um he's a bit uh, he said he will embarrass uh Joe at death before dishonor, and then uh, lastly um. Anna Jay was uh, was chat on backstage. Ty Conti show up after all sad, but Jay pointed out she uh, pointed out she slammed Soul's hand in the corridor last week. Conti said Jay, she needs to make more better choices for her career. That was interesting, right? Will Anna Jay go heel like Ty? I don't know. That's interesting though to get um get her over, you know. Ty seems to be having a better career right now with her and Sammy um over at the JAS. Even though Ty's not really on TV that much either, only when she's out there with Sammy. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, definitely what uh, we see. So um let's see. But is it time for the main event? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, we have the triple or nothing, triple threat tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships with the Young Bucks defending the titles against uh Team Taz, uh Ricky Sars and Powerhouse R versus uh Swerve and Our Glories, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. So uh, this was a fantastic uh main event, and this definitely live up to the the triple threat tag team match that we had at double or nothing. So, uh, uh, yeah, besides the fact that, um, yeah, so, so if you take out, uh, Jurassic Express and you put the young butts in, in, in this one. So, um, this definitely, uh, if y'all was expecting like, um, a, a five-star match, y'all got seven, seven stars for it. <laughs> yeah. This, this match was pretty awesome. It was incredible. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it was everything that I thought this match would bring. I mean, you got the two powerhouses and powerhouse Todd and Keith Lee, and then everyone else is incredibly athletic uh, individuals. Ricky Starks don't do as many flips and stuff like that as the rest of the, like, as the Bucks and Swerve, but he's very agile. He does do athletic moves, and he has a lot of explosiveness to his moves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Let's see where there was. This was like all over the place. Let me see where, where we can start here. Um, so uh, after uh after the uh the the, the commercial break uh after Swerve took a beating during the commercial break, but actually fought off the bus to tag in Lee. Lee ran over uh, uh, everyone with tackles. He being starts uh, the, to the butts and then went for a dive, but Hobbs and starts uh tripped them up. Nate went for a total guard. But Lee caught them with a power bomb onto his brother. Hobbs tagged in and faced off Lee. They lay into each other with tackles, but seemingly running close cross bodies took each other out. Hobbs hit a lengthy frost splash on Lee for a near fall. He and Stars worked together to hit a doomsday cutter for a near fall. 
Bucks uh, dispatched Starts and Hobbs started the super kit party and armed Swerve and Lee, but Lee fired up until a third super kit from Starts took them out. More super kits allowed the Bucks to keep in control, but Hobbs fell into official for a referee bump. The Bucks brought in the belts in the ring, but Starts stopped them. Swerve grabbed the title belt. He's uh, attacking Lee, but uh, he ran uh, right to a low blow for Matt. Matt cracked everyone with the belt and then covered Swerve for a good near fall. The BTE trigger followed, but Starts broke it up the pin for the last second. Lee inter- intercepted the melty driver, and he and Swerve hit a doomsday Swerve stop for another near fall as Hobbs and Starts broke it up for the very last second. We got a parade of bit moves with Hobbs hitting spine buses on everyone. Starts roll up Swerve for Swerve. Uh, starts will roll up Swerve for two. Then he crushed him with a spear for another close call near fall. Brenda Cutler distracted the official and inadvertently allowed Lee to hit the bus with match with Matt Shoe. Uh, Swerve hit a uh, quarter brand off Lee's chest, which was absurd. Then Lee uh, pounded stars like crazy before Elenia uh, proceeds to flip the diver into everyone. And then Swerve hit the Swerve stop on Lee to win the match. And, be, and we have new World Tag Team Champions. Now, my thoughts on this. How long was leaving Swerve will keep on to the titles? We've been saying, oh, it's going to be the butt and um, FTR. For the uh, for uh, at all out now, let me just say this it's definitely going to be uh, uh, I'm keeping my word, it's definitely going to be uh, FTR versus uh, for, for the young butt, but we don't know what championship is going to be on the line, we don't know that, and uh, we don't know if um, if uh, uh Keekly and Swerve Swerve Stricken is going to hold on to the titles when we get to Chicago for, for all out, so that way it's a lot of question there. And um, the Young Bucks didn't really um, held it that long. So um, the tag team title was kind of hot, hot potato here. But um, it doesn't hurt the Young Bucks at all. It really don't because, uh, like we said before, um, they're going to face FTR. It's probably going to be one of – it doesn't matter which championship is going to be on the line. It, it's going to happen no matter what. So um, it's just a matter, uh, like I said before, how long – Will Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland be the tag team champions? Because, um, like I mentioned before, like there was a tease that Swerve was going to hit the uh, uh, Keith Lee with, with the belt. So, um, you got a case of Keith Lee as Goku and Swerve Strickland as Vegeta here. You get where I'm going mm-hmm. with this? That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, it's just a matter of how long they're gonna uh, they're gonna keep those titles and how long they're gonna be stay as partners. So, what do you think? What do you? Think? So, good. It's good storytelling, right? Um, like we don't know if Swerve will keep late, you know. But now they're the champions. Will he just put that all behind him? He said his goal in AEW was to come and get some gold. He got some gold, right? So maybe that's enough, but he doesn't have to do that. Now he needs to protect his team 
you know, because his team has gold. Um, first off, how great was this match? I mean, Ricky Starks took a lot of good bumps. They also, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs did a really cool move where Hobbs had Matt on his um, shoulders while Ricky was walking the ropes and then he jumped off into a cutter slash face plant on Matt. I mean, that move right there could be their new finisher. Um, Keith Lee was amazing. Early on in the match, he did a really cool um, karate kick, like spin kick, which for a man his size is ridiculous. Uh, he caught Matt and Nick multiple times um, midair, like in the middle of a flip. I mean, Keith Lee is just uh, amazing. Uh, Swerve also did a lot of cool, he did this one thing where Matt threw the kick at him. And he grabbed them, did a swerve under the leg, grabbed them, put them in a... There's just so many dope moves. Powerhouse Hobbs with his spot, with all the, 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 um, the, the, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Spine busters? Um, yeah, that, that spot was cool. Powerhouse had his dynamite moment. Um, and that was his moment of that match where he really dominated and looked like a, a, a real uh, force to be reckoned with. But at the end of the day, oh, and Bucks, always incredible to have the Bucks in there. And their matches are always the most entertaining match. Ricky did do one spear, I believe it was onto Swerve, that looked at incredible. And that was the explosiveness I was talking about where Ricky starts and how explosive he can be. Um, but this match, the hands down, was just entertaining. I did not see the belts changing hands. Um um, last night. I did not think that that would happen. It wasn't until Swerve got hit with the belt um, that I was, he kicked out that I was like, oh man, I think we might have a new chance tonight. There was this really good moment after Ricky hit that spear on Swerve that you saw Ricky was like crying almost. Like he thought that was going to be the moment that he win the belt. And that was not the moment, but you can see him crying because you thought that for sure was going to be it. Uh, dangerous little scary spot when Keith Lee threw powerhouse Hobbs over the ropes onto the floor. This was him preparing before uh, Keith Lee was getting ready to run out and do a big giant Keith Lee dive onto everybody, which is ridiculous. Um, but this this match was just incredible. It was it was fun. It was. Um, you never knew what was going. I'm sorry, it wasn't a Keith Lee dive. It was they were setting up for Swerve to jump off Keith Lee. Bow! They, I'm watching it. I'm watching the match right now. Matter of fact, uh, they were setting it up where Keith Lee, uh, Keith Lee was Swerve's pedestal to jump off of. Um, or did Keith, did did Lee do one? Let me see. I think he did do it. He did jump over the ropes. Yeah, Keith Lee did have his big fly moment. Never mind. Um, so yeah, Keith Lee. Jumping over the top rope onto everybody. Uh, and then that was gave the opportunity for Swerve to jump up and do the Swerve stump onto Ricky. And then he pulled the leg. One, two, three. New champs in Savannah, Georgia. We got confetti. We got fanfare. Brian Cutler. On, we got Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler on the end going crazy. But we got new champs in Savannah, Georgia. Swerve Strickland. Keith Lee swerving the glory is the new AEW champions. And I believe they're the first all-black tag team champions. Yes, they are the first all-black uh, champions. So um, one to the brothers here. 
it is what it is. And um, after the match, um, yeah, Keith Lee uh, uh, did a good, uh, a great shout out here, and um, he almost missed uh, tonight's show because um, one of his close friends had uh, was at stage four uh, colon cancer. So um, yeah, uh, so like at, after the the show was over, they, they went off off camera. So um, you guys can watch on the YouTube channel on the AEW YouTube channel. So he talked about it. So um, he said uh, that this was his for his close friend, and you will see him soon. And uh, when he gets there, so um, yeah, so that was a really that was a really touchy moment uh, that there. So um, and um, I'm glad Keith Lee was able to was able to make it tonight. So um, this was definitely a great moment, not only for for him, but but uh, but but, but uh, winning his first uh, uh title in uh, AEW. But um, even though um, his first uh, couple of weeks it was kind of a rocky start, but that's what happens when you have a lot of um. Uh, a stat roster or AEW, but like we mentioned before, like when you have a lot, uh, some a lot, a lot of top guys down, then you have uh, uh you have your backup uh, there to um to to make your television uh, uh, look great. Cause like we mentioned before, uh you got Keatley and Swerving are your tag team champions now. They are gonna gonna blow the roof as uh, champions uh down down the road, and then sooner or later we're gonna get a right suit down the line down the road. And we mentioned before uh, earlier with Kensa uh, put out a great outing. So um, Tony Khan knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. So um, if you start one of your stars going to go out, then you got you got your other people that can show out and put out uh, the great matches on TV. Exactly. I mean, he has a star-studded, you know, roster. You know, um, and then this is for everyone who is saying that, you know, three weeks into Keith Lee debuting, uh, you see all these stories. It's AEW ruining Keith Lee. Is AEW underutilizing Keith Lee? Look, now he's tag team champion. He's only been there for a couple of months. He's already tag team champion with Swerve. I mean, that's the first belt of many. You can see Keith Lee being the AEW champion one day. Um, and this is the road that they want to put him on. And, now he's bringing more excitement to their tag team. They're really stacked tag team division. So who would they go against next? You know, I think I think the rivalry between Hobbs and and um, Hobbs, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks versus Swerving the Glory is about to amplify now because I mean Swerve and Keith Lee has exactly what Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs want. And that's that tag team championship belt. So now they can really fight for and have this deep rivalry for it. And maybe this will be the way that Ricky Starks gets his first official title in AEW as these tag team champions. And it'd be nice to see um, um, Hobbs get it as well. I would say this is like one of the first tag teams too that's not like a AEW OG type tag team. You know, this is the tag team that, you know, they're both WWE guys can from. WWE, you know, this year they added to the roster. So this is the first time I'm seeing that it wasn't given to, like, some uh, AEW OGs. Yeah, so um, at, uh, Tony Khan definitely put out a swerve here. We didn't you know, we didn't expect uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Studio to win the titles tonight, but, um, yeah, but well, we glad they did. So um, let's hope uh, how they how they do in their title reign. But um, a pretty good, um, a pretty good show, 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 show tonight. Uh, I mean, last night, 
uh, that this is definitely a great dynamite. So, um, but it, it, this is just beginning, folks. Like I said, this is just week week, uh, week one. So, uh, we got uh rampage coming up tomorrow night, and then and then week two. So, um, it's gonna be very interesting. But um, other than that, um, anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Um, so I've been telling you guys that I've been writing this uh, movie about um, kind of around wrestling video games. I just got word that one of my friends from Full Sail is going to lend me his big, big gold WCW championship belt for the movie. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I'm going to get that going. But I hope you guys uh, will like this movie when it comes out. Um, and yeah, that's about it right now. Empathy is still in post-production working on that. and. AEW is going to be here next week, uh, not too far from me. I don't think I'm going to be able to go to this show, even though they're so close to me. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to catch it, but I will still be watching it on TV and do the review next Thursday. Yeah, well, and because uh, they was in uh, uh, Savannah, uh, Georgia tonight, and um, this yep. is this is like in Duluth. Yeah, this is a first. This is the first in years that um that a wrestling show came in Savannah, Georgia. So this is a, that was the first in years. Yeah, and Savannah. You know, I just came from Savannah like probably less than a month ago. Savannah is a real kind of cool. It's a, it's a cool vibe in Savannah, and like seeing some of the people in the crowd, I was like, yeah, that's typical Savannah right there. But they was a real. They was a real good audience. They they was hyped up for everything. Yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, other than that, guys, that uh, he is Leland, and I'm Trico, and we're signing off. Peace.